number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Glad to have you with us. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Our buddy Mark Schofield from uh, SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield over on uh, Twitter. Now joining us on the hotline. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you today? We're good. Uh, what? Tell me this. Let's. I, I want to just be Packer-centric here for a moment. What do you see wrong with this team outside looking in? I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, from, from injuries, from all of the sort of quarterback-slash-receiver mistrusts and, you know, missed opportunities downfield. You watch that game on Sunday. You rewatch it. You're seeing receivers that are open at different areas of the field, particularly – you know, downfield, seam routes, vertical routes, things like that, and the ball is not getting thrown to them. You know, it seems like the quarterback right now is not trusting some of the opportunities downfield, some of the receivers downfield. You look at, you know, the three interceptions down to the goal line. You know, those were throws that, you know, one was deflected, but it looked like it was going to be behind the receiver on the sort of slant route RPO concept. The throwback to a tackle, it looked like that was going to be short. You know, then the final interception, the back front side tip, actually did a really good job of reading Rodgers and jumping it. And so, you know, you're seeing missed opportunities there as well. And, of course, you take a step back and realize that had you taken points in some of those situations, turnovers in some of those situations, you might have come out with a win. And so you piece it all together, and it's kind of just a big ball of bad on the offensive side of the ball. You know, defensively. But, I mean, defensively, yeah, there are injuries and stuff, but it's that big ball of bad that we've kind of been talking about for weeks. The uh, the, the the rest of the NFC right now, and I, I know the, the Cowboys were on a bye and they're sitting at 6-2, and two, and here they come into Lambeau Field. Obviously, Philadelphia, they get a, a big win. They remain undefeated, and, and that undefeated record is going to continue to weigh on their shoulders as time goes on. But the rest of the uh, the NFC, uh, you've got a 7-1 and one Vikings team who seems to be real. They just got better with Hawkinson. Give me your thoughts on the rest of the NFC right now. It's so strange, Bill, because these NFC East teams, you've got three above 500 right now. Washington at four and five after the loss to the Vikings. They're going to start beating up on each other a little bit. Like you said, Philadelphia at eight. No, the, the undefeated record might hang on them a bit. You know, you wonder if at some point they're going to play, you know, maybe with the game against Houston because they didn't exactly blow out a, a bad Houston Texans team. You know, maybe at some point they'll play a bad game. And there are some opportunities for that down the stretch. But this NFC writ large is not great. I mean, a cluster of teams at four and five, a cluster of teams at three and six. And, you know, those teams at three and six, of which the Packers are one, you know, on the one hand, you might say, look, we've got to figure some things out. And I know there's been a lot of rumblings about we need to figure out what we're going to do with Jordan Love. Do we play him at some point? At the same time, you're still kind of in the playoff race as crazy as that sounds because you're at three and six because what teams do you really buy in i'm putting the nfc east aside i know minnesota seven and one but like we've talked about for a long time we will know a lot more about that team come thanksgiving night you know because they've gotten through a softer part of their schedule their next four games buffalo dallas the patriots on thanksgiving and then if you want to say four games the jets at december 4th those now they're getting into a tougher part of their schedule if they're you know nine and two Nine and three at the end of those games, then I guess you could say they're for real. But if we get through this four game stretch, they're 
you know, eight and four, seven and five, we'll know more about them, which might allow the Packers to get back into it. So that's kind of the weird situation that they're in. You know, I was on a, a show in the D.C. area on Tuesday night and similar question, like, what do we do about the quarterback position? It's like, well, you're still kind of in it. So I don't know if you really hand the keys over to the younger guy, but you also need to figure out what you have in the younger guy. And it's making it's causing for some headaches in both those situa- in both those cities. So uh, let me ask you real quick. Do you believe, speaking of uh, guys that you've handed the keys off to, Russell Wilson out, Geno Smith in, he's been fantastic. Uh, they get yet another win, put up 31 points on the Cardinals this past week. Uh, are the 6-3 and three Seahawks for real? I think they're for real. I really do. You look at some of the numbers that Geno Smith has put up, you know, vertical passing and things like that. He's throwing the ball downfield, being aggressive, in the sort of downfield parts of the playbook that are tougher to execute. And the fact that he's played at such a high level makes me think he's for real. You look at the pocket poise, the way he's handling pressure makes me think he's for real. But the bigger part of the story might be this, Bill. You look at Seattle going forward. As it stands right now, they have five picks in the first three rounds of the NFL draft next year, including – you know, the first rounder from Denver, which right now is at 11, if the draft were to happen right now, they're on at 23. Then the second rounder at 45, they're on at 56. They also, as we sit here right now, in terms of cap space for next year, they sit at about $54 million in available cap space, which is fifth most in the league. So then you take a step back, you look at how Gino is playing, and you think, hey, we all thought this past summer they're going to have to draft a quarterback because Drew Locke, Gino Smith, that's not the answer. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're in a situation where they can give them maybe a short-term deal and say, hey, you know, we'll do right by you. We've got some cap space here. We won't link ourselves to you for the next five years, but maybe the next two. We'll see how this plays out. And they don't have to draft a quarterback if they don't want to. Maybe if one they like foster them, they'll, they'll do it. They don't have to force that thing. So this could be the start of something big. This sort of rebuild we thought was coming, it seems to have happened overnight, and it's due in large part to Smith being ahead of schedule. Now their rebuild is just a retool and a revamp. They're in a very good spot going forward, too. Talking about Mark Schofield at SB Nation. Find him at Mark Schofield over on uh, Twitter. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about the Giants sitting at 6 and We're really both New York teams for that matter, but the Giants sitting at 6-2. and two. I'll, I'll tell you this. I know there's a lot of talk about the MVP race and about who should or shouldn't be the MVP this year. But, my God, Saquon Barkley is their entire offense. Uh, he's the guy that's catching passes. He's the guy that's running the football, finding the holes, breaking away, scoring the touchdowns. Uh, if that guy's not in the MVP talk, I, I don't know what non-quarterback positional player should be, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you could look at maybe a Nick Chubb as well, maybe a, a Derrick Henry when we talk about non-quarterbacks. Um, because the way they've sort of carried their teams as well, um, particularly Cleveland when they're playing with Jacoby Brissett. We saw what Henry means to the Titans on Sunday night with Malik Willis. But Barkley, I mean, not only does he lead the team in Russia, which of course you would expect, but Daniel Jones is second, interesting enough. But, you know, he leads the team in receptions. Like you said, he's catching the ball out of the backfield. I mean, Daniel Jones, when he drops the throw, it's, you know, Richie James, Daniel Bellinger, a rookie tight end. That's who he's really looking to because they've missed on some receiver moves. And, you know, Kenny Galladay, the free agent sign, agent sign, and that hasn't panned out. They trade away Kadarius Tony. And so Barkley has been a massive part of their offense. I mean, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but I'd imagine, you know, yards from scrimmage, he's probably at least 60, 70% for that team. You know, the thing with the Giants is like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, 
you know, similar to Minnesota, the schedule gets a little different now. You know, they had the easier part of their schedule. They're coming off the bye. They get Houston and Detroit to start, which is great, but they still have a game at Dallas. You know, they've got two games against the Eagles coming up. They've got a game at Minnesota. You know, it's a similar situation in Minnesota where, you know, we'll know more about them in a couple of weeks. But at this point, you can't really argue with the six wins. As for the Jets, you know, you start to wonder how good are they? Well, look at the defense. The defense is fantastic. Look what they did to the Bills this past week. You know, if they could get some consistency from Zach Wilson, particularly if Zach Wilson could just be league average against pressure instead of the worst quarterback in the NFL when pressured this year, we might be talking about a surprise playoff team. Um, I want to go with the Jets and the AFC for a minute. Uh, For a long time, we just thought it was Buffalo and everybody else. And Buffalo, like you said, uh, the Jets beat them up. They kind of came back. Although I, I got to say, Buffalo did not look like Buffalo. Buffalo looked like a no, team that thought no. they'd already won a Super Bowl. So I don't know what to make out of that team. But the Jets are good. Kansas City's obviously good. The Ravens sitting at 6-3 and three in the AFC North. Uh, Cincinnati seems to have kind of pieced a few things back together and trying to make an effort now to get back to the positive side. Give me your thoughts on the AFC and how they're stacked. Yeah, well, I mean, first we start with all the stuff that I got wrong, right? I remember coming all you all summer long and said, hey, you know, that AFC West, Bill, it's going to be whoever comes out of that, they're going to be in right? great shape because, you know, that, that division looks loaded. Certainly doesn't look that way right now. Buffalo, you know, they started well. You know, they they had the weird loss to Miami, you know, but now they get the loss to the Jets and Josh Allen is dinged up and whatever you and hear reports about a quarterback with an elbow injury, it's never a good place. Remember the Matthew Stafford conversations from this summer. And so, you know, you wonder a little bit about the Bills. That AFC East at large looks good because you've got the Jets 6-3 and three, like we talked about. New England 5-4, and four, all four teams over 500. But a team that I really started to come around on, Miami. You know, you look at the team speed. You look at what Tua has done this year, the way he's grown. And I know... You can still find underthrows and things like that. But when Tyreek is running a 4-2-40, you might underthrow him at times because he gets downfield so quickly. That offense is stressing defenses. The thing to watch with the addition of Bradley Chubb, and they immediately gave him the extension, can they just start getting more consistent pressure on the opposing passer? They were one of the top teams in the league last year in terms of pressure in the opposing quarterback per drop back but they cratered this year and all the zero blitz schemes and all the you know pressures they dialed up to try to generate that last year, it wasn't working. Now with Chubb, they added somebody that on paper and on film can win some one-on-ones for them. As they start to work him in more into the rotation up front, does that actually happen? And if so, you know, they'll pressure the quarterback more. That defense will be a little bit better. That offense can certainly score points. So, yeah, you've got that cluster of teams in the AFC like you talked about. But the one I'm really keeping my eye on are the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, not only uh, the, the Dolphins being a, in all of this as well, but give me your thoughts on the. You'd mentioned the Patriots, and they've been kind of up and down. It seems like at times they're ready to take off, and then they fall back to the pack. Are the Patriots for real, or are they still in a rebuild, or are they still in somewhat of a, con- a quarterback controversy? Where are they right now? I mean, I think they're built in an offensive controversy not so much a quarterback controversy i mean I, mac jones is the guy i know that there was the zappy fever for the wins over the Bears, but the browns excuse me and the lions you know but this is a mac jones team right now and for the next year or so it should be but they're still trying to find sort of an offensive identity particularly in the passing game is it going to be 
a sort of shotgun spread type offense that we saw for years with Tom Brady? Is it going to be the under center condensed formations, boot action, play action offense they were trying to install, you know, this summer when so much was written about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and a Kyle Shanahan influenced offense? Is it going to be, you know, what we've kind of seen in recent weeks, which is, you know, a more under center play action passing game, but not really you know, what we thought it was going to look like. Is it going to be more of your traditional Patriots under center drop back passing game? And so I think that's part of what's happened in New England is they're still struggling to find what they want to be, particularly in the passing game. Their defense is fantastic. You know, nine sacks last week. Matthew Judon is defensive player of the year candidate. There are probably guys that would get more votes if it happened right now. But, you know, among the league leaders in sacks, Josh Uche, had three sacks against the Colts this past week. So they figured things out on the defensive side of the ball and relatively quickly. It's just, what do they want to be on offense? What do they want that passing game to look like? They figured out the run game component because they moved away from the outside zone, wide zone stuff to a lot of inside zone, gap power, you know, concepts like that. But it's that passing game component. What are they going to be in the passing game? They have to figure that out. If they figure that out, yeah, they could be for real. But until they do and with everything else that's happened in the AFC East, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. Uh, always a pleasure, man. I certainly appreciate it, Mark. And we're going to talk to you again next week, okay? Looking forward to it already, Bill. Have a great afternoon. You too, pal. Talk to you. There you go. Mark Schofield uh, from SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield over there on Twitter. And like I said, you can find him on SB Nation. By the way, uh, Jacques Vaughn, the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. News just now breaking. Jacques Vaughn, the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, in case you were you were wondering. There you go. Uh, when we come back, going to hear a little bit from Aaron Rodgers and uh, some of the things that he had to say. Uh, and then we'll uh, get back into some of the phone calls as well. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. And uh, You can also hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, all that stuff. Follow us over on the Bud Light live stream, as many of you are right now. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us in that particular sense. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at ForgottenFireWinery.com. I got a great letter from Mark and his wife, Kathy, and they said they went up to uh, Peshtigo. They were just passing through. Uh, I guess they were heading up. They have family in uh, Menominee, and they went up, and they were passing through, and they said, hey, let's stop. They stopped. They said they had a great experience with Jake, a lot of fun. Uh, it was during the week. It wasn't on a weekend when they had music, but said, uh, as she put it, what an incredibly charming little place. Great to have the wine tasting. My husband and I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. We walked away with eight bottles of wine. Thanks for giving us the heads up for Forgotten Fire Winery. Uh, I, that, is, that is, I don't need to do anything else regarding commercials for them. That's fantastic. Every time I send somebody there or somebody goes there, they find out how great it is. And if you uh, can't get up to Pesh to go, Wisconsin. Stop into your local grocery store, liquor store, wine store, and ask for it by name, ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it. How we looking? <laughs> Bill Michael Show brought to you by our friends at Dwayne's Cover It All up in uh, Wausau. And uh, love Dwayne, love the stuff that they do. The work they do is absolutely phenomenal. 
But uh, that's Dwayne's cover it all up in Wausau. Wisconsin's best canvas upholstery boat cover provider. Uh, if you have, you know, furniture around the house, gym equipment, whatever it happens to be, office equipment, he can do it. He can do it. Can do it all and uh, reupholster, recover, uh, and uh, just uh, make it look like brand new. Uh, that's Dwayne's Cover, D U A N E S, Dwayne's Cover It All.com. That is Dwayne's Cover It All.com. Call them 715 870 2119. 715 870 2119. That's Dwayne's Cover It All.com. Dwayne's Cover It All.com. Uh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers. As the uh, the injuries continue to just pile up, Rogers says that uh, he was he's he's stunned at the amount of injuries this team has had. Just in that game, we lost uh, Rashawn Gary, uh, Stokes, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones. Uh, it still had a chance to uh, find a way to win that game in the end, uh, and didn't. So, disappointed on many levels, but there's never any uh, concession, never any giving up. Definitely not from me, definitely not from so many of the guys that we go to battle with. We just got to find a way to uh, get over that hump. Uh, also, Roger said on McAfee, you know, look, at three and six, um, you know, it's <laughs> a lot of a lot of hope is pretty much out the window, but there is still, as he puts it, something to play for. Well, there's only two options, right? One of them, cash it in mentally and just become a independent contractor almost and i've seen this during my time where everybody just kind of comes in and does their work and then goes home that's one option and the other option is to cede to the competitive greatness that lies within you to let that take over and to let that be your north star and your guide and to say i care so deeply about this and i'm so thankful for this opportunity to still be out there playing that no matter what happens to anybody on the squad, including myself, I'm going to go out and compete as hard as I can because that's all I know how to do. And maybe in that, there'll be inspiration for others to raise their level of game. But that's all I know how to do. And the opposite, like I said, I've seen it, and I hope I don't see, see it moving forward. But that's the other option is to just come in, do your work. You can still be professional about it, but... I'm going to keep choosing to come in to prepare as I always do and then go put out my competitive greatness on Sunday and hope that it's good enough to uh, to win and inspire people, and that's all I know how to do. He's he's right. I mean, if you come in and just kind of say, okay, I'm only going to do my job. What is asked of me, that's it. Uh, there's There's the extra, there's the leadership quality, there's the passion. And then there's guys who come in and just kind of become the rogue contractors, just taking care of me, not going to worry about the rest of the team, just, you know, I can only. But but they always say you can only control you. You can't do everybody else's job. So it's a fine line you got to walk right now. And sometimes when you get into this situation, you just relax and you just do your job. And if everybody does their job, then all of a sudden you can find success. He does talk about uh, not, the not one, not two, but three different picks that he had thrown against the Lions this past Sunday? Well, there's a lot that goes into what I can control. You know, two of them weren't great throws. You know, there's some other parts to, to plays. You know, it's not usually not just on one person. Every now and then it's just on one person. But there's a lot that goes into each each play. But, yeah, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a great throw to Dave uh, and wasn't a you know, great throw to Bobby either. 
I've thrown a lot of those balls low around the goal line like that. Um, look, I've made a thrown touchdown passes many times. I don't give a shit what any of these experts on TV. <laughs> there's a lot that goes into all these things. And, and for somebody to play armchair quarterback who doesn't know what the hell play we're running or what's going on, that's fine. I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. What an ass. Because a lot of the quote armchair quarterbacks now maybe he's just looking at certain people like locally or something I I don't I have no idea, but when you look at some of the national broadcasts, there's a lot of people that have played the game that called him out said look those were two bad passes you hit a guy in the face. Bill, the I, question was that McAfee asked relating to national broadcast of the people saying what went wrong, and then McAfee asking Rodgers what went wrong. Yeah. The context there. Um, the As he had said, you know, the throw to Bobby was low. It was bad. It was a bad throw. And then the pass to Bakhtiari was a bad throw. Now, the, the, the other one, he was just trying to thread the needle, and he talked about it being, you know, not just him but other people. So you don't know if the route was run wrong. It was supposed to be shortened or something. I, I have no idea. But, but – <laughs> Is it me or does Aaron Rodgers hate to be criticized? I mean, we all do, okay? All of us hate to be criticized. But if it's legitimate, maybe – and sometimes, like, you – like, if you make a mistake, you know you made a mistake, right? Ah, I screwed up. That's on me. I screwed that up. But you hate to hear people keep harping on it because you already know you screwed up. You don't need 45 people telling you you screwed up. Because if you're really self-aware and you're also very honest – you know, you screwed up. So I understand that aspect of it. But, man, it, there's times where it's like, Aaron, you know, you, you take a lot of praise from a lot of people, and you don't mind that. And suddenly when everybody wants to pick apart your performance, and it was a poor performance, suddenly nobody knows what the F they're talking about. Take a listen again to that. I, I just found that rather interesting. Well, a lot of it goes into what I can control. You know, two of them weren't great throws you know there's some other parts to to plays you know it's not usually not just on one person every now and then it's just on one person but there's a lot that goes into each each play but yeah you know it wasn't a wasn't a great throw to dave uh and wasn't a you know great throw to bobby either i've thrown a lot of those balls low around the goal line like that um look i've made a thrown touchdown passes many times i don't give a shit what any of these experts on tv have <laughs> There's a lot that goes into all these things. And, and for somebody to play armchair quarterback who doesn't know what the hell play we're running or what's going on, that's fine. I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. If, and I understand that. If, you, if you're, you know, if some of these guys don't know what they're talking about, I get that. I understand that. But there's a lot of people that are analysts that used to play the game. They get it. You know, Pac-Fan says, you hate it too, you'll block people. No, I block people that are dumb, that say things that aren't true. That's what I block. I I don't mind if somebody's got a legitimate take and they say, no, you're wrong. This is the reason, you know, or if it's an argument over opinion, you got to convince me, but to to come at me certain ways, I won't, I won't, I won't stand for it. And I'm not going to get into the weeds. And when I, I am very, this is the way, uh, when when you talk about that, I, I will argue, I'll argue the issue. And then when you start to go, off topic and you won't answer the argument then you've lost my respect and I, I blow you out 
And the people that are on Twitter, people that are on Facebook, people that are on all the different other platforms, you lost that right. And I don't care. Little Quipper over on Twitter has his undies in a bunch. Yeah. And it's the people that make one comment and then walk away. I did it today. Uh, as a matter of fact, over on uh, the Facebook fan page, I had posted a, a video yesterday and I had given somebody an opportunity to refute what it is they said. Not once, not twice, but three different times. Finally, they won't do it, so I went ahead and blocked them. You get an opportunity, but after that, you're done. You're done. Uh, Rogers also talk about the Packers' offense having 389 total yards, 69 plays. They win the time of possession, yet you only muster nine points and you lose. I thought our offense... It's one of our better games, uh, the way we move the football. You know, we threw the ball down the field, uh, you know, fairly effectively at times. Uh, we're just still, I mean, way too many mental mistakes. And when you have mental mistakes and then I'm turning the ball over like that, you're just not going to win the game. You know, we've had mental mistakes and, I'm, and I don't turn over and we still don't win those games. So, you know, we just got to pair up me playing a clean game and playing well and us having a real low number of mental mistakes. And Because that game honestly shouldn't have been that close. You know, we had uh, opportunities there. You know, we're on the one-yard line and can't get the ball in the end zone. The other one, we have, uh, you know, a couple plays where we have a chance to get it in. You know, we should be looking at at least 14 points in the first half. And then who knows, second half, obviously, you know, plays out differently with uh, with us having those points. But uh, we beat ourselves, as we have many times this season. And then last but not least, and you've heard it, but uh, he talks about how he's going to greet Mike McCarthy. I'm going to give him a big old hug. I can tell you that yeah. much. Let's see, Mike, uh, shared some messages the past uh, past couple of weeks, and I know it means a lot to him to come back. I really do hope the reception for him is as warm as it needs to be. You know, he's got a street named after him. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl together, but he meant a lot to the to the town for 13 years. A big part of our success, obviously, being the, the head boss, he'll be in the Packer Hall of Fame at some point uh, as well. And I think it's important that we honor him the right way. Not just him. I mean, obviously, he deserves a lot of honor and respect coming back. But there's a lot of people on that staff who meant a lot to the uh, to the area. A lot of former coaches uh, with us are on that staff, uh, including interim head coach uh, for us, uh, Joe Philbin. Uh, there's some former players who are on the staff, including uh, Scotty Tolzien, uh, Rob Davis, uh, other coaches who are with us, uh, Joe Witt. Al Harris, yeah, former player. Um, awesome, awesome guy. A lot of fun together. But Mike, in general, I think deserves a lot of credit, a lot of respect, and and hopefully uh, a great ovation. Mike's got a big heart. Hopefully, you know, I don't know, hopefully lets the emotions flow a little bit. There you go. Aaron Rodgers talking on McAfee yesterday. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, get a lot more, and we'll get some of your phone calls as well. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. They have not one but two different Chevy Tahoes you can win this month. Just by heading down there and checking out all the details, go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Again, PaysBig. Dot com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it. Good to have you back. Hey, don't forget about uh, the opening drive contest with our friends over there at Quick Trip. 
And uh, I had the privilege of going out to Koi Trip last week and spending, uh, well, as a matter of fact, a week ago and uh, spent the day out there on last Thursday and got a chance to see that that organization for the second time, which is really, uh, I even absorbed more the second time around. But always a pleasure to go out and check out what uh, a great facility and a great company out of the state of Wisconsin is, and that's Quick Trip. Don't forget about the opening drive contest. You, you need gas anyway. You stop in, you enter in your quick rewards uh, card number, and uh, that you're automatically registered. One winner each week is going to be chosen for the opening drive of the Green Bay Packers game. And uh, for every yard garnered in that opening drive, you're going to get a $10 gift card. So if they get 20 yards, it's 200 bucks. It's that simple. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Thanks to them for being a part of the program as well. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. A little bit of breaking news. Uh, the D.C. Attorney General is going to hold a press conference tomorrow at noon. They're going to, quote, make a major announcement regarding the Washington Commanders. It comes one week after the uh, the team hired that Bank of America to explore the sale options. Uh, last month, uh, the reporting showed that uh, the D.C. Attorney General investigation was nearing completion and coming full steam ahead for Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Uh, that was according to uh, a couple of different reporters in D.C., but uh, it's uh, apparently now, <clears throat> tomorrow, in uh, Washington, D.C., the Attorney General is going to make the announcement regarding the commanders, and it, I don't know if there's going to be indictments. I don't know if they're going to ask for, you know, Daniel Snyder to come to Capitol Hill again. I, I, I couldn't honestly tell you. I don't know what specifically is going to happen, but... Uh, boy, that is, uh, that's get your popcorn ready tomorrow. That's noon Eastern, uh, 11 a.m. Central. So we will, uh, we'll give you some of that. We'll give you some of that for sure, at least some sound from it. But uh, I'm sure there's going to be announcements along the way as, uh, as we pay attention to, <laughs> to what's going on with the Washington commanders and to see what, what, uh, what's going to happen there. Uh, 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, ben, I, I am trying to follow your flow chart. I got to admit it. Uh, you, you, because for the Badgers to win the West, please explain what your flow chart states. I'm not really sure myself, honestly. Because <laughs> it's just, it's it's like hieroglyphics, man. Yeah, I don't have, there's a reason I'm in radio. Not not good handwriting at all. Not very legible. I was always dinged for that. Uh-huh. Now, on our, on our show last night, I laid out, like, the easy path. They could win three games. Illinois loses two. Then they make it. But that's no fun to really follow, right? Because right. every team is alive in the West, believe it or not. Northwestern is sitting at one and four. I believe one in five. If they win out, they have a chance to win the division still, which is what makes it beautiful. That's why, you know, anti-playoff pro Big Ten West. So, yeah, I I went through and I got like 30% into it and then my brain broke it down. But, um, yeah, there are ways for Wisconsin to win one of their remaining games, two remaining games, and still win the division if uh, pure chaos ensues. And the partial flow chart is on my Twitter. Okay, yeah. If you follow Ben, 
It is a uh, it is Purdue beats Illinois. Illinois loses to Michigan and Northwestern. Wisconsin loses to Iowa, but beats Nebraska, Minnesota. Minnesota beats Iowa and Northwestern. Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue all tied at five and four. Wisconsin then wins the West. It is this uh, this 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 jumble of what ifs. Uh, the bottom line is you win out, let the chips fall where they may. But it's it's the it's the hieroglyphics of what if. I love it. I love it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This is from Noah. Noah says, uh, "Hey, unit. Uh, there's a lot of talk about sitting Rogers and playing Jordan Love. Do you agree with it? No, I don't. I don't. And until you are mathematically eliminated, you don't do that. You just don't go in that direction. Now, after that, we'll wait and see. After that, we'll wait and see. Um, excuse me. The uh, there is a thought of getting Jordan Love some reps." And but, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again. You know what you have in Jordan Love behind closed doors. They know. And what I my, my other question is, why are so many fans screaming for Jordan Love? Is it because right now there isn't success with Aaron Rodgers and you're mad at Rodgers? Or is it because you genuinely want to see what Jordan Love brings to the table? Now, I, I was in a discussion yesterday that said, well, boy, they'd have at least two or three of these wins with Jordan Love. And I said, how do you know that? Because he would just throw the ball. He wouldn't care. That that might be true. That might be true. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. That might be true. He may just throw to the spot and then see what happens. Um you just the Packers are in a really tough situation, and you got to tread lightly because the one thing you don't want to do is, and I know it sounds stupid, but the one thing you don't want to do is make a, a veteran of any kind look badly, you know? You just don't. Once you've given up, like, you know, Indianapolis, they gave up on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's done. So they gave up on him. They're like, you know what? You're terrible. Next. Okay, that's over, you know? Um, Russell Wilson. Seattle said, Seattle didn't fight for him. They're like, go ahead and go. Get the hell out of here. Talk to you later. Bye. But you know you've got two years more, minimally, as long as he wants to come back with Aaron Rodgers. Or more if he wants to stay. So you don't you don't cross that bridge, you know? Rodgers just talked about playing with intestinal fortitude and you know, you know, conjuring up your inner competitiveness and such. You don't then turn around and go, ah, you're benched. We're just going to see what we got, Jordan. I hope you understand. It's just, it's not going to happen. Unless you're ready to make the move to say, yeah, not going not gonna to play, play in that direction. It, it, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. I want to hear from you. By the way, uh, Rob Demosky from ESPN with a piece that said, why Aaron Rodgers' contract limits the Packers' options and what could come next. Uh, they got into this uh, you know, this article over on ESPN.com, and it talks about, you know, at the time, it seemed like an easy call. If Rodgers wanted to return, you let him return. Uh, the result was a three-year, $150 million contract extension signed this past March. Now, even after the Packers' fifth straight loss, Roger said he's not going to second-guess his decision to return, which, you know, I agree with. You don't do that. 
You don't you, because if you're sitting there going, God, I came back to this, then you should end your career. You should just walk away. I appreciated Rogers' response. You know, because the team's got some tough tough decisions to make. You know, because they've got Jordan Love sitting there, they got to figure out if they want him. Uh, Rogers has a fifty-eight point three million dollar option bonus in twenty twenty-three that's fully guaranteed, and it's it's an option because according to uh, you know sources, uh, it can be exercised by the the Packers anytime between the first day of the twenty twenty-three league year and in March. And the day before even the Packers' first game in the regular season. Now, the option bonus makes up most of the 2023 pay, totaling $59.515 million, including a $1.65 million base salary, $50,000 off-season workout bonus and such. Now, the timing is important because if the Packers were to trade him, they'd want the team that trades for him to pay that. There's not many teams out there that's sitting there with $60 million going, no problem, we got it. Then there's the Jordan Love factor, because the Packers have to decide whether or not they're going to exercise his fifth-year option. And that's uh, – did you know that Jordan Love gets $20 million fully guaranteed? You know? And and Gudekinst even said it's, it's very difficult to envision a scenario in which Rodgers and Love are both on the roster in 2024. And we haven't seen enough of really Jordan Love in a game. They've seen a lot of him behind the scenes, right? So, uh, according to many, uh, the worst case scenario is not that Love isn't go- isn't a good player. It's that he's a good player, maybe for another team. So, if he leaves and becomes a really solid player for somebody else, boy, then you're really in the in the weeds, which I don't think is going to happen. But you're really in the weeds with Packers fans. But if you keep him, and he's not good and you don't get a quarterback, then you have, in essence, tied your wagon to an albatross that's eventually going to take you down anyway. You know? They're not going to win the title this year. It's hard to to, to look at Aaron Rodgers and look him in the eye and say, we're going to bench you and put in Jordan Love to see what we've got there to see if he's ready to take your place. You're going to piss Rodgers off. Be, you know, because of all the options and the bonuses and the guaranteed money, it's, it's just widely assumed when Rodgers signed the deal that he'd play through the 2023 season. And then in 2024, his $49.25 million base salary and bonuses and such uh, and, and all of that stuff comes into play. It would fully become guaranteed if he is on the Packers' 90-man roster on the fifth day following the Super Bowl plate of the 2023 regular season. Now, if the contract is not adjusted further, which means they could extend that out, Rodgers would count $31.623 million on the Packers' salary cap. So there's there's now if Rodgers retires this offseason, which I don't think would happen, but Rodgers forfeits fifty eight point three million and any further compensation from the deal. So he's coming back. It's unlikely that he would walk away from that amount of money. The Packers would keep him on the roster through June first for cap purposes, and at that point they could then spread out the remaining pro, uh, proration of the signing bonus over the 2023 and 2024 salary caps, meaning his cap charge for next season would be slightly less than $16 million. So you'd gain a lot of money back if he decides to, to, to walk away at the end of this, you know, at, at the end of that, there's just so much to it, you know, in the least likely scenario that they just let him go. 
that would uh, that would mean that it would count more than ninety nine million in dead money on the twenty twenty three cap, which is they can't do. It's just there's so many different things. The bottom line is. Rogers most likely coming back. You're going to have him on the roster. You need to figure out what you want to do with Jordan Love if you don't know already. And in addition to that, you you got to figure out what you're going to do to win ball games. A lot going on there. A lot to swallow. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers will have a light practice to install the game plan as they host the Cowboys. Dallas coming off a bye week. Aaron Rodgers says he was stunned how many of his teammates got injured during the Lions game Sunday at Ford Field. Just in that game, we lost uh, Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones. Disappointed on many levels, but there's never any uh, concession, never any giving up. Definitely not from me, definitely not from so many of the guys that we go to battle with. We just got to find a way to uh, get over that hump. Rogers on the McAfee Show. Some good news, though, about rookie wide receiver Christian Watson, who actually had the win knocked out of him against the Lions. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. That was not a concussion. That was all precautionary, and I think that's just kind of the times that we live in right now and with what transpired versus Buffalo, but it was 100% ruled that it was not a concussion. He got, as a matter of fact, he was dying to go back in the game. You know, we thought it was best to, to shut him down and because of what transpired in, in Buffalo. The Cowboys are 6-2. and two. Green Bay looking to end a five-game losing streak. Packers tight end, Mercedes Lewis. This league is uh, unforgiving. You know what I mean? It'll humble you quick. And the margin uh, for error is small. Yeah, I mean, we still got some games left. It's a playoff mentality from here. You know, can't afford to keep dropping games, so it's going to keep chipping away at it. So you can do it. Stay in NFL. That's Mercedes Lewis in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Don't forget about our friends at Wabam. Uh, a very successful run out at SEMA out in Vegas. I was talking about that earlier. Good run out in Vegas and opening up more and more and more kiosks and more and more different shops being used by more and more detailers, also uh, janitorial services as well. But they're right here in Wisconsin. So go to GetWabam, G-E-T, GetWabam, W-A-B-A-M.com. That's GetWabam.com. Great company. And whether it's, uh, you know, scrubbies and, you know, sanitizing cleaning wipes or if you're talking about something for your automobile and ceramics and such they got all that stuff so check it out go to getwabam.com that's getwabam.com uh we're gonna hear from matt lafleur coming up here in a little bit as well um so andy herman of the pack a day podcast going to join us coming up after the top of the hour we're going to talk with him uh, yesterday we were talking a little bit about some of the plays that you know we've seen on uh, on twitter and such and some of the breakdowns and i've looked at the uh the all 22 he looks at it as well i'm going to get his thoughts as to what's going on some of the misses you know and again i know aaron Rodgers doesn't like to be you know questioned and such and i understand that you know when he was on with pat mcafee about these armchair quarterbacks and they don't know what the play is and such but sometimes when you see a guy running wide open and you don't see him you know hit in stride you're one or even looked away you're kind of wondering okay you know what's the deal here so we're going to talk with Andy a little bit about that, what the deal is. 
So uh, we'll get into that discussion coming up here. And then uh, don't forget about an hour from now, Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, going to be joining us as well. So we can get into that discussion uh, also. Uh, this one's from Dylan. Dylan says, I'm interested to see why Aaron Rodgers is not throwing to the open man, but rather focusing on the guy that he feels most comfortable throwing to. This has been something that's been ongoing for quite some time. Can you please discuss when you have Andy on? We will. We'll talk about it when we come back. For sure. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stick around. Going to talk with Andy Herman of the Packaday Podcast. That is coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.